millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and we're discussing the Australian documentary, Burning. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. We do, Tim, and this is such an incredibly important film to talk about. Sure is. Burning takes an unflinching look at the 2019 and 2020 Black Summer bushfires and delves into the catastrophe that unfolded across Australia during that time, while also shining a light on the global issue of climate change. Burning is directed by Eva Orner, who has previously brought us documentaries Chasing Asylum and Bikram, Yogi, Guru, Predator, which is... Oh, incredible work. Incredible work. Amazing work. Uh, Burning is produced by Amazon Studios and Kate Blanchett's Dirty Films, as well as Orna and Jonathan Scharf, with executive producers Ben Silverman and Howard T. Owens. I had the absolute honour of chatting to Eva Orner about Burning to get her insights on why she felt compelled to make this movie now and how she brought about footage and interviews together in a way that balances the political and the emotional. We can't wait to share those snippets throughout this episode. An incredible chat you had with Eva Lee. Let's start with um, setting the context Mm. of what the Black Summer bushfires were in Australia Mm. across 2019 and 2020. Yeah, so Black Summer was a horrifically intense bushfire season that happened over the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, Mm. and it was right before COVID hit. Yeah, yeah. So we were just smashed in Australia with these horrible, horrible situations. And, you know, Australia is used to bushfires, but this one was particularly bad because, according to the documentary, 21% of the country burned. And it's usually around 5% in a bushfire season, to give you that context. And there were 3 billion animal lives lost, sadly, as well as countless displaced people. 
and those who lost their homes and 479 deaths. I mean, stats are so important to understand the gravity behind certain tragedies, but they're hard to say and to hear, mm. aren't they? Because they are they're awful. Yeah. They're awful. To throw another comparison at our listeners so they really understand, it mm. says in the documentary that 59 million acres burned during that season. Mm. To compare, the 2019 Amazon fires burned 2.2 million acres and the California wildfires of 2020 burned 4.4 million acres. So again, Australia lost 59 million acres. Gosh, I mean, it's not a competition, is it? But no. look at that comparison because yeah. the the Californian wildfires and the Amazon rainforest fires were huge international headlines. Yeah. And so was the, the Australian situation. Mm. I remember I was in um, in London. I escaped for about three weeks for in Europe, but mm. it was international news everywhere you went. And mm. Sydney was covered in this cloud of yeah. thick red smoke. And I left that and came back to it even worse. Mm. Just had this sense of foreboding that something awful was happening mm. and it wasn't stopping or letting up at all. Well, personally, I live in suburbia by mm. the coast and I was locked inside for most of the time and the smoke was still getting inside the house. Yeah, you couldn't escape it, could no. you? It was unrelenting. So I can only imagine what it was like for the people who were right in the thick of it yeah. and how it goes out to them. Now, Black Summer has been dismissed as a once-in-a-lifetime mm. event. That's utter bullshit. Complete bullshit. And it makes me angry. There was a time when extreme fire seasons were a once in a decade event. Mm. Now it's happening regularly. Yeah. I mean, this is a time in our history that we will never forget. And it's so important that a film like this has been made Mm. to have the voices of those gravely impacted be heard loud Mm -hmm. and clear. And also the context surrounding the political landscape then and still now, you know, the domino effect of this whole Black Summer and what hasn't happened, which this documentary covers in great detail. And it also touches on in great detail that we are super confronted about the wider impacts of climate change that not only taking place here in Australia, but globally. Mm. And I think at that time too, when COVID hit so soon after, that we've just become desensitised to these issues, especially living in Australia, you think, It's easy to dismiss it and say, well, yeah, we live in Australia. Bushfires Mm. are just par for the course. Mm. But it's getting worse. You can't deny that. I mean, we hear from voices which will touch on with great experience in firefighting and such like, Mm. and they say, well, when do you stop saying it's part of our life? You go, this should not be part of our lives, not to the scale and the devastation that was experienced over that summer summer months. And we're still seeing the effects of it in the documentary. One thing that really, really jolted me Mm. was – the effect on pregnant women from that time and the children being born with breathing difficulties and their placentas coming out that were just like smokers' lungs. Oh, gosh. that There were so many upsetting elements to this film. It's hard Mm. to pick out ones that were more upsetting than others, but that was... Or that was awful because yep. we all knew people who were having babies at that time. The danger mm. and, and then the health ramifications are still being felt. Mm. It's just astonishing. And Eva said to me during our chat, and it's such a good point, that now masks are such an everyday part of our lives. Yeah. Why weren't they then? Why wasn't yeah. that normalised during bushfire season? Mm. Yeah. Hindsight is something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it will be from now on, I hope. Oh, yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about Eva Orner mm. as a director and her purpose with this film was to highlight those aspects that are lesser known. Yeah. You know, the animals make worldwide headlines and it's devastating and they touch on that in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was just really surprised to learn a lot of things that I, I didn't know 
And I like to think I'm quite savvy and up to date with the news and I know what's going on in our world. But there was so much I didn't know that was explained in this documentary. And how did you feel about the fact that you came out having learnt so much? Did you feel guilty about it? Because I did a little. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was informed as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we've touched on COVID just completely took over you know, your consciousness over the last two years, despite this only having had just still, it was still going on, you know, the Mm -hmm. embers were still burning and everyone seemed to forget about it, Mm -hmm. which is why this documentary is so important. I'm so glad that it exists because Ava presents really compelling layers of the conversation Mm -hmm. with an interview with scientist Tim Flannery, who was the first and only head of the Climate Council before it was disbanded by the Liberal government. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's things that are just rile you up. Yeah. And that's, I went on an emotional roller coaster yeah. with this documentary. You mm. know, I was sad. I was angry. Mm. I felt something all the way through it. And I guess that could maybe be off putting to some, but I would say don't shy away from mm. that because we need to be watching this. Yeah. It's the job of documentaries is yeah. to make you sit up and listen and open your eyes yeah. and learn something and then use that, take action mm. if you can and able to in some small or big way. It's, it's, it's a call to arms. Mm. It's a call to action. And I think this film achieves that really, really effectively. What I also think was really effective is it touches on political issues yeah. because there's no way around it. This no. is a political issue. 100%. But it's not about blame. It's not about assigning blame. That's what I took out of it. I, you know, it's not just finger pointing and there is a bit of that in there. And, of course. And failures of the government and all that kind of thing. But it's not just about that. It's about opening our eyes. To what's going on around us. And putting the power in the people because the power mm. in the politicians is not being used to mm. the effect that it should. And what you see here are hearing stories about people who put the power in their own hands and, mm. are, and are making change or trying to. Yeah, and we need to be holding our governments accountable. Mm. That's what is the most urgent aspect at the moment. Yeah. So you can't avoid talking about the political side of things. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, that might put some people off. But the balance in here is just really, really good. Yeah, well, it it does balance three main themes. There's probably more, but there's the science of -hmm. climate change. There's the history of fire in Australia, which we've touched on. And then there's this story about the climate Mm -hmm. strikes and action being taken. And you throw some political Mm -hmm. stuff in there as well. So I agree it does balance a lot um, Mm -hmm. in its hour and a half runtime. It's only been about two years since these events happened, but there have already been documentaries about Black Summer. This one stands out though. Mm, It really does stand out. And I mean, why now? So I asked Eva Orner why she wanted to make this documentary now and here's what she had to say. The greatest tragedy was that we saw it coming. I I actually, I've been living in uh, America since 2004 and I was back home visiting family and friends over Christmas 2019, 2020. So I kind of landed in the absolute height of the fires. Mm. And I was very aware of what was happening. And I was very aware it was pretty unprecedented and, you know, really the worst fires we'd ever seen. And I'd been watching from America, you know, it had been in the news here. And I remember in August seeing the fires had started burning. And I remember being in LA thinking it's winter, it's not even spring and there's fires, like what is going on? And by the time, like in October, I saw Sydney shrouded in smoke the first time, you know, landing in this sort of apocalyptic scene and being there for a month. You know, by the time we got on a flight home to L.A. in January, we'd been in Sydney for a week and 
our eyes were watering and we were coughing and so many of my friends lost homes or were really affected directly. It was the whole thing was so shocking. And by the time I landed in LA, I was just like, I think this deserves a film. This is not normal. Our climate has changed forever. That's the way we should tell the story. So as Eva says, time is of the essence. Yes. And and you could say that we have run out of time or we're on Mm. the edge of running out of time. So like, yeah, (laughs) we've got to do something about it. And we need help to do that. I mean, this film, as we've touched on, highlights how the Morrison government had a vendetta against the dangers and impacts of climate change and that these horrendous fires were not a result of such global shifts in in climate change, which Mm. is just wrong, not true. But part of the thing that I got really riled up about is that, of Mm. course, it was all reiterated by the Murdoch media's purposeful agenda of Mm. misinformation that the fires were deliberately lit and not linked to Mm. climate change. There was an element of that, but it is undeniably down to climate change. I mean, look what we're going through now. At the moment, while we record, we're going through like this – huge La Nina event mm. that the it's raining. It's going to be raining all summer. Floods everywhere. Yeah, floods everywhere during an Australian summer. Yeah, you know, and two years ago it was we – were, we were on fire. Yeah. So insane. Now I think people can tend to automatically switch off when talk turns to politics or yeah. poly bashing. But I really – I didn't feel that here. There mm. is a clear message and then factual evidence presented yeah. to make a really comprehensive case – as to where we go from here. And you felt that was clear? You were like, I know what I can do? Is that what you took yes. away? Yeah, yes. That's good. I mean, you've got to go and do your own research too. Absolutely. It doesn't spoon feed you things. No. But it, it treats the audience like an intellectual watcher. That's right. And that's appreciated. You know, the emotion of this film was also very much front and centre. Yeah. I was so engaged by the stories of the locals who lived through these fires. Mm. It was incredibly hard to sit through though, wasn't it, Lee? Yeah. Because they were so angry and they felt forgotten and made to feel unimportant, uh, which is really hard to see when you're an empathetic person to see people Mm. in so much pain when they've got no control about the pain that they're experiencing. Yeah. And obviously COVID didn't help the situation because the world kind of moved on Mm. (laughs) to deal with something at such a big scale that that was. And that is touched on in the documentary too, the unfortunate timing of COVID. I mean, it was unfortunate for everyone all over the world, obviously, but particularly because it threw off the momentum that climate action was building. Yeah. I mean, we've said before that it's just incredibly important to strike the right balance in a film like this. You know, people are just so fatigued after COVID and they're without hope. Yeah. You you need to really hit home how serious this is, but also provide a little bit of hope. And in our interview, Orna talks about wanting to avoid fire porn. Yeah. Yeah, she's mentioned that a lot. Yeah. So drilling the audience with footage of burning trees and animals dying can actually have the opposite effect and desensitise us. I think that there was just a really great balance in this. So you're not going to see a lot of that. You won't. There, There is some confronting images of, of animals, which mm. really upset me, but it's very short and it's enough to show you the gravity of what's going on. I think she's a really insightful filmmaker because she's aware that we were so – bombarded with that imagery already so she doesn't need to do that in her documentary she comes in with a different voice and agenda um, which makes it work so well so a lot obviously went into the making of burning from finding and presenting all these deeply personal stories to sifting through 
such traumatising footage and deciding what to include. Mm. Orna was kind enough to share that process with us. Let's take a listen. We're getting weather now that no human being has ever seen. Yeah, it's a real challenge. It was it was very hard because the fires are so difficult to watch and that's so important in the film. And my, my you know, I give a lot of credit to my editors. I feel like a filmmaker is nothing without her editors. And we talked a lot about, you know, not overdoing the fire and, you know, you don't want it to turn into a sort of fire porn and just have this relentless just devastation, devastation. You know, a film has to progress. It has to be a story with characters and have to have a three-act structure and you've got to draw in the audience to what is a tough subject. So, you know, we made a very conscious effort about every every person that's in it has to be in it for a reason, not too much, not sort of repetitious. It has to have a forward motion. So every place that I went to had a reason. Every person I spoke to had a reason. And, and I, you know, I hope that worked, but it was definitely a, it was definitely a challenge in making the film because it's a tough subject to explore. And you had to also have compassion. You know, in some funny ways, there's a couple of moments of humour as well, mostly probably at Scott Morrison's um, <laughs> expense. But, you know, you, you also need to have a... I've noticed in screenings with audiences, you know, there's times when people kind of laugh, probably out of frustration and anger. But, you know, you need to give audiences a break as well. You can't just be relentless. So that was a massive challenge because this is not an easy film to make. No, and I guess being relentless with that footage would almost desensitise people. That's exactly what we were talking about when we talked about, you know, fire porn. There's been quite a lot of fire films made. And, you know, when you see victim after victim after victim and loss and loss and loss stories of that repeated and repeated, it, it's not a lack of empathy or importance of sharing those stories, but you can become really desensitised and really tired from it. So Act 2 is really the brunt of the fires in the film and we tried to sort of make them a character in the film. And I think one of the things that's really a big part of the fires is the sound of the fires in the film. You know, we worked a lot on that. And a lot of people, when they talk about the fires, it's interesting, they don't talk about the flames as much. They talk about the noise, the wind and the howling. And a lot of them have yeah. sort of PTSD and are triggered by the wind. And I that was surprising to me because I, when I think of fire, I think of heat and flame and smoke. I don't think of wind. But that was interesting. Everyone talked about the wind. This is the one that bushfire fighters have had nightmares about for years. Lee, let's talk about what, we took away from this documentary, mm. Bernie. What did you take away? What was the experience, the feelings, emotions, etc.? Well, I mean, climate change can seem like a far-off concept. It's a little bit overwhelming for the everyday Australian. Mm. What can I do yeah. personally? And Eva explains that it's it's not just about individual actions anymore. So that's what I took away. Like you still need to do your part, yeah. but it's not just about that anymore. She explains that it's really about pressuring the world's governments to make some drastic changes to their policies. Yeah. I mean, I took away a lot of emotions yeah. from this film, some that we've already touched on. I was really angry. Um, yeah. I was frustrated. I say was, I am still. Mm -hmm. I was sad and hurt and triggered, I think, because even though I wasn't impacted like so many who told their story, the looming smoke over Sydney at the mm. time was unrelenting. And so they will always have that mm. experience, you know, you and I in our situation. But I felt deep, deep empathy. And I'm asking myself, like, we all should. What more can I do? 100%. Let's hear from Eva Orner again about how she hopes people will respond to watching Burning. Climate scientists are saying the bushfires in Australia are a warning of what may be to come around the world. 
Look, I think I wanted to tell a story and I think I really wanted to tell the story of what happened in the fires, but in some ways, more importantly, the history of climate change and where we are now with that in Australia, just in case there were holes people had in their knowledge or, you know, it's a pretty slam dunk argument of a bad government. And I thought that was really important. And I guess the thing I want most is to influence people to vote with climate change as their number one voting issue because we are at a tipping point. We're past the tipping point. This is beyond urgent. And somehow a lot of the population knows about it, engages in it, but doesn't have that kind of rage and that passion to make it their number one voting issue. And there's an election coming in the next three to six months. And I think it's really critical in Australia. So I think I wanted to inspire people to do something. All right, Lee. So shall we wrap up our take on the documentary Burning? Yes, let's. Burning is an incredibly important documentary for everyone, not just Australians. It is a devastating look at the firsthand destruction of climate change and the infuriating inaction of the Australian government to not only do more, but do something. There are so many powerful voices heard in this film with the harrowing recounts of locals devastated by the Black Summer fires, but it was the intelligent and driven Daisy Jeffrey who gave this film such conviction for me. I want to be more like Daisy, basically. So just to explain, Daisy Jeffrey was a young Australian in her teenage years, Mm mid-teenage years, and she led, was one of the leaders of a school strike against climate change, running Mm. protests and everything, and she's so well educated and um, my gosh, she's a powerful mm. voice to have in this movie. For reference, I guess she's kind of our Australian Greta Thunberg. Yes, she is. So inspiring. So inspiring. So in wrapping up, I'm going to rate Burning for Popcorn Kernels. Well, Burning can be tough watching in places, but it's incredibly important that we do watch. We need to pay attention to what's happening to the world around us. And part of it is understanding the mechanics of why and how it's happening and what can be done. And Burning delivers that. I bounce between fear, sadness and anger while watching Eva Orner's documentary. And that roller coaster of emotion is exactly what needed to be elicited to get us feeling this issue again because the last couple of years have just been awful and desensitised us to a lot. Please watch this documentary. I'm giving Burning five popcorn kernels out of five. Amazing, Lee. Well, Burning is now streaming on Amazon Prime Video with a subscription to the service. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for joining us and listening. We'll catch you next time. We have a website, popcornpodcast.com. Make sure you check it out. We've got all our episodes up there for you. If you'd like to get to know us a little better, there's an About Us section and we run ticket giveaways. So keep an eye on the website for more information. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 